This is the first class uh, for a kind of 10-week, in a way, a 12-week series that we're going through on what is a healthy church member. We're using this little booklet uh, as a kind of to provide the framework for us through this study. If you've been around here for a while, you might recognize this booklet. We've we actually went through this years ago in uh, our home fellowship groups, uh, and the the elders thought it would be uh, a good time to go kind of go back through this study. So, even though uh, the the title is what a, what is a healthy church member, we're not necessarily speaking of official church membership. Even though at a certain point we will that we will address that and we'll will address the importance of being an official church member. Uh, but in general, we are talking to you if you are here, if you are part of this body, if you are a regular attender. And again, we'll, we'll talk about that important step of becoming an official member. But uh, this class is for you whether you're a member or not. Um, this morning, we're going to be talking about uh, a healthy church member is an expositional listener. A healthy church member is an expositional listener. But before we talk about what an expositional listener is, I need to think about what is expositional preaching. And we all have probably an idea what that might, what that means. Uh, we, if we think about expositional preaching, you probably have certain preachers that come to mind and think of certain styles. So before we kind of hone it into a kind of a, a clear definition, what do you think of when you think of expositional preaching? Uh, an expo- expositional preaching, is intent is to, to deal with the text, to draw out its meaning and to weigh what the meaning of that text is versus the rest of the Bible. So, in other words, uh, we explain exactly what God's intended meaning was in the text and uh, and support our what we say from that by evidence from other parts of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Very good. I think of it as not topical. Not topical. Okay. Verse by verse, chapter by chapter, line by line. Verse by verse, chapter by chapter, line by line. Okay. Yeah, what Dale was talking about context and audience. Mm-hmm. Considering the context and the audience. So so an opposite view of that would be kind of what I grew up with to a certain extent where people emphasize would emphasize prayer or personal thought and then try and find a passage that fits your thoughts. So imposing your presuppositions and worldview and ideas or what you may view the Spirit is giving you imposing that upon the text as opposed to seeing whether what the text is saying is actually what that means. Mm-hmm. But you can also speak uh, topical, expositorial. Mm-hmm. As long as you make sure your topic is in line with the whole Bible on that subject. So as long as you keep it in line with all of that. That's true because... The problem is, like what he was saying, is when you impose something on a verse, mm-hmm. you make it say something it didn't say that contradicts another passage that's in the Bible that, that doesn't go with it. Yeah. Well, very good. Any so I was just going to say, in 
in the word expositional, you've got the word exposed. So, you know, you want to expose the truth or the authors, you know, what is the author trying to say mm -hmm. to, to expose that passage. Very good. So the, the definition that the author of this book gives, he says, Exposi expositional preaching is that preaching which takes for the main point of a sermon the point of a particular passage of scripture. Um, and that, that can be, that can happen in many various ways. You know, like you're saying, Victor, is you can do a topical sermon um, where you are looking at specific passages of scripture to draw out the meaning of those texts. So if you're looking at the topic of prayer, you know, you can use that kind of, you can use the full structure of scripture to look at prayer from the Old Testament through the New Testament. You can see how we're uh, meant to call out to God. Um, one, of the, one of the dangers that pastors uh, can have with topical sermons is there's pastors who only preach topically. And what, what tends to happen is we have certain soapboxes that we love. And we, we just always preach from that soapbox. Uh, where preaching verse by verse, line by line, chapter by chapter forces us to work our way through the whole counsel of God and to recognize that I am, I am submitting myself to what God has to say to us in his word. And I come to those passages that I personally might be uncomfortable with and I have to wrestle with. And I can't come to it thinking, how am I going to fit my agenda to this passage? But what is God's agenda? What is God's message in this passage? Uh, this is you know, something I read recently. A major struggle that pastors have is they'll sit down, even with line by line, verse by verse, line by line preaching. They'll come by, come down, and say, "Okay, my passage this week is in John 19." And the first thought you have is. What do I want to say about this? <laughs> it's a struggle, and you, and you might not even realize it, but it's not about what do I want to say about this, but what does God have to tell me? What does God have to tell the congregation through this passage? And as Devin was drawing out, it's uh, preaching John 19 not only from the context of John 19, but all of Scripture must inform that. Because if we, we believe that God's Word, the entire Bible, is God's Word, and God does not contradict Himself, He does not lie, all of it is truth. So the entire Bible will inform every passage within it. It is, and, we, and as we talk about a lot around here, as we look at Scripture, we are reading through it, generally speaking, with a uh, redemptive historical lens on Scripture, looking at the story of redemption throughout the entire Bible. And we, we expect that to be the main theme. We expect, uh, we, because Christ is the ultimate um, revelation of who God is, we expect all of Scripture to even speak to Christ. He, he, is the, he is the story of redemption. He is the word of God manifest to us. So um, some men 
come to uh, passages and they will preach verse by verse. Well, today we're covering one verse. And that's not wrong. Um, but that's not necessarily expositional preaching either. It's You could cover a large sec- section of Scripture and still be preaching expositionally. So it's that the important aspect is, say if I'm preaching John 19 and I take just one verse, I'm preaching expositionally if I preach the truth of what that one verse says in the context of John 19, in the context of John, in the context of the New Testament, in the context of the entire Bible. If I'm preaching the truth of that one verse, it's expositional preaching. If I can do the same thing, if I take the entire chapter of John 19 and preach through it, which I'm taking half of it this morning in the sermon, and you do the same thing where you are again, it's preaching what God has to tell us through his word rather than what I want to tell you through God's word. It's me humbly submitting myself to allow God to speak from his word and for me to convey that to the congregation. So if that is expositional preaching, before we kind of start walking through this topic, what do you think, what do you think just off the top of your head an expositional listener is? Or what's the mindset of an expositional listener? Michael, you're paying attention to what is being said and whether it's in context with what's actually there. As opposed to, I can do all things with the scripture out of context. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, often what I used to hear in where I came from, even now, some people is in listening to the Bible and stuff, there's a spirit of what does that have to do with me? Mm-hmm. Or, what can I get from the scriptures today? And so it's not that. So the assumption is that certain parts of the of the passage are for me, and other parts I don't need because they don't pertain to me. Whereas if we come out of spirit of all things in the scriptures are profitable for me, and we seek to hear exactly what, as the brother said, the Bible is saying. Um, you know, that's the difference. So like I want to know exactly what God's intended view is for every bit of passage, you know, not not just a, a personal, what can I get out, or what can I infer from a kind of spirit of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we tend to fall into a couple traps where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm only listening for what this can say to me, or I'm only listening for what this can say to that guy over there. Yeah, <laughs> he, really, he really needs this today. <laughs> Or it falls into that middle ground where like, yeah, I don't know what this has to do. This, I can't quite fit this into the me category or the him category, so in one ear, out the other. For me, when I do and I listen, I want to make sure, listen good to make sure it is what I read in the Bible, mm-hmm. that it is. And then, then, so I can correct myself if I'm wrong or true, you know. And then go back after you know later and seek it through, seek it more from what I hear to seek more about that. So I can learn and retain it. So I won't let go of it. Yeah. Because sometimes it's good I can listen and it's a very good lecture. If I don't go seek on it and search it and retain it, 
it's easy to forget, you know. We learned so much during the days. That's the pattern. Refer to that, you know, that was so true. That I learned that I was wrong and I came right with me. I was thinking, took it wrong way, that scripture, but so a couple of things there we come to as exposition as expositional listeners we're coming we're sitting before the word humbly ready to be corrected uh, not 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 uh, wanting to force what we hear into our framework of thinking but allowing what we hear if it is the truth of scripture to change the way we're thinking to convict us to reprove us to lead us in the ways of, of righteousness. Uh, and then the aspect of obedience. You know, this is my kind of, I, I know I repeat this a lot, my, my very regular prayer when I come before this my own personal Bible study or with my family as we sit around for family worship is Lord help me to understand and believe your word and to obey your word. I want it, I want not only to understand it and to believe it, but I want to be, as we'll see in a minute, a doer of your word. Okay, so let's walk through some of these. You guys hit on pretty much all of them. Um, so the word, uh, let's see, we're going to skip a little bit of this. Just generally, generally thinking through this as we think about expositional listening, that, that comes from sitting under expositional preaching. We've done studies here of the ordinary means of grace, and we know the importance of the preaching of the Word of God. The Word of God, as one person wrote, writes about it, he says, the Word of God is the means of grace par excellence. Because all of the other means of grace must be accompanied by and informed by the Word of God. So even as we enjoy the sacraments of communion and baptism, those must be accompanied by the Word. Our prayer must be accompanied by the truths of God's word. So it's the word of God is, is the greatest uh, of, of the means of grace and the way that God most commonly works through the um, word is through the preaching and the teaching of it in the gathering of the church. So expositional listening. The author of our little book de uh, defines expositional listening as this. Expositional listening is listening for the meaning of a passage of Scripture and accepting that meaning as the main idea to be grasped for our personal and corporate lives as Christians. Okay, this has already been mentioned, even though I don't believe this people group has been mentioned by name, but their practice has been talked about. What do we think of when we think about the, the Bereans? What were they known for? They're told and studying. What I went home and setting, searching the scriptures, discernment. Yeah, so uh, Acts 17 describes the Bereans this. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So as an expositional listener, very much like we expect our teachers and our pastors to come to the word of God, wanting to proclaim what God's word actually says and not what I want it to say, coming with God's agenda, not my own, we want to come to it with hearing God's agenda and not our own. We want to allow it to challenge us. We want to say, is this in agreement with all of Scripture? So very much like the 
uh, Bereans, we want to receive the word with all eagerness, and we want to examine the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And that kind of goes to the point of meditating on what we have heard, uh, not not quickly, not hearing it, and simply walking away like, oh, what, what was that? I forget. Yeah, one of the things I've always noted about that, that passage with the Bereans mm-hmm. was uh, they didn't place the emphasis on the man. And that's Paul. And getting nervous and all this stuff. And they saw that, but they didn't place the emphasis on that. They placed a greater emphasis on the text, the, the Word of God, making sure everything he was doing was in line with what Scripture said. We tend to get wrapped up in the personalities of preachers and people that are teaching us. And then when we do that, they can throw things at us, forgetting that they're fallible men. Yeah. And they can throw things at us that are not true, and we embrace that as truth, and we go out and, 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 and carry that out and screw up the, the scriptures with other people because we're not keeping it in contact with scripture. Yeah. So your teachers, me, the pastors you listen to on podcasts, we are fallible men. We, I hope the people that you are sitting under, the people that you are listening to, are striving to accurately preach the word of God. But we do make mistakes. We are fallible. So it is important that we are submitting ourselves to scripture, that we are making sure that this is what the scripture has to say. Now, notice that it doesn't say that the Bereans listened skeptically. Like, okay, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if what you're telling me is true. I'm going to go home and challenge you on this. And then they go home and like, oh no, what he says right. No, it says they actually received the word with all eagerness. They were there was an excitement and eagerness to hear the word of God preached. And yet, and from that eagerness, it was searching the scriptures and, and seeing the beauty of the whole of scripture, saying, Yes, what Paul just told me about Christ is absolutely true. That's this is amazing. Praise be to God. Daniel. I was gonna say, going back to you know, what does it mean to uh, be an expositional listener? goes kind of back to what you just said and I didn't bring it up because I didn't know quite how to like balance it but I think you just did it well which is as a healthy church member we have a responsibility to listen to what's being taught and what's being preached and to listen with discernment now it shouldn't become this weekly game of you know how do I stump the pastor yeah. the elder? <laughs> I don't listen to skepticism I don't listen to whatever there's an inherent trust there right um, but at the same time if if we're if Expositional preaching is looking at it verse by verse, text by text, context by context, then you should also be listening in that way. It's being preached in that way. We should be listening in that way. Is what was just said correct in the context of that passage? Is it correct in the larger context of Scripture? And again, it's not a skepticism. It's not a, it's not a, a posture of doubt, but just a posture of discernment. Yeah. How do we listen to these things, take them in? consider what was said and weigh them against scripture. And that's a responsibility we have as church members um, to participate in the receiving of the preaching in that way. And this is where it requires humility from both the preacher and the listener. Because I think it's Doug Searle who used to use the story of like teaching a class or something and then the little old lady in the back raises her hand and says, but what about this? And they're like, oh yeah, you're right. I totally blew that. <laughs> yeah. And you know, sometimes we can preach the right 
message that's in agreement with the with the word of God from the wrong text. <laughs> where where that text, yes, the point you're saying is in agreement with the word of God, but that text actually isn't. That's not the point of that text. So there's there's so so many layers there, but we have to have humility so that when you hear me teach or preach something that you're like, you you search the scriptures like, yeah, I think think you missed that. I ought to be able to humbly receive that. Sunday afternoons are really difficult <laughs> to do that. So maybe Monday. But no, I, 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 ought, I ought to be, or anyone ought to be humble over these things because our, if our greatest desire is to hear what God has to say through his word, then praise be to God if, I, if I'm corrected. If I realize that I was preaching, that I'm preaching something wrong, uh, wrongly, either the right thing from the wrong text or just completely wrong, I want to be corrected. I don't want to remain stuck in preaching the wrong thing. And, and if this is the thing that shows me Christ, this is the thing that reveals God to me, why would I want to dare misunderstand who he is? Although it is a little irksome sometimes in a funny way when someone comes up to you and says, uh, Pastor, you said Mary instead of Martha. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do show grace. <laughs> we, we, there, there's plenty of times preaching or teaching, I'm like, I know I said something wrong. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I said the wrong name there or something. <laughs> Pronounced something horribly wrong. Uh, but yes, when we come before the word, that passages like Romans 10, as we think about um, those that, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. First uh, Thessalonians 2, where Paul commends them for receiving, receiving what they preach as the word of God, not as the word of men. So the, the general truth is, or the truth is, insofar, I'm just quoting, quoting, quoting someone here, insofar as an ordained minister preaches truth, God's people are obligated to hear and obey because they hear the message of the king. You are not hearing, if I am speaking the truth of the passage, you are not hearing Jeremy, let's say it. You are hearing your king, your God, your Lord say it to you. So we want to come um, kind of eager to hear, hopefully not, as Victor said, oh, I can't wait to hear Jeremy today. I, we come to church to hear what God has to tell us through his word. He uses fallible, sinful men as his instruments to, to proclaim his word. This is, this is also a, a testimony of scripture that we don't, we don't gather around on Sundays and I just simply read through John 19. No, he wants us to explain it. This is a scene that we haven't, in Nehemiah, where Ezra stands up to read the word and the, the Levites stand up and it says that they begin to explain the word to the people. They, it says they read it, they read, the, they read it clearly, and then they explained what it meant to the people. So that is what we are called to do. Let's work through some of the, um, some of the things the author draws out about the benefits of expositional listening. First, he says, expositional listening listening cultivates a hunger for God's word. <clears throat> expositional listening cultivates a hunger for God's word. Think about the Psalms here. 
Psalm, I think it's about Psalm 19, Psalm 119. You think of, you hear the psalmist say, oh, how I delight in your law. You have just this hunger and thirst for the word of God or, or the, the language of, of just being desirous of dwelling in God's presence. These are the things that we want as we humbly submit ourselves to God's word. We, we come expecting to hear our king speak to us through his word. And that grows, that, that uh, benefits us by cultivating a hunger for his word. I'm, I, get, I'll, I get tired of certain preachers, you know. You probably get tired of me sometimes. But if we're coming to hear a man, then yeah, that's going to happen. And why would I care that much about, you know, a, a man? There's certain YouTube channels you follow with certain personalities at a certain point. It's like, okay, I've heard everything you have to say. I'm kind of getting bored of you. But that's not who, what we're, what, what's happening. We're coming to hear the very word of God preached. So expositional listening cultivates a hunger for God's word. Expositional listening helps us focus on God's will and to follow him. Again, this becomes, we've already talked about this. It's God's agenda and prior uh, and priorities become our priorities. We, uh, we want our focus to be on what God's will is for us and to follow him rather than, um, rather than simply, you know, saying, no, this is really what I want. This is, and, you know, searching for God's will for my life. Like that's, you know, but forcing it into what I really want. It's that humble submission of saying, not my will, but your will be done. As even our, as our Savior cried. John 10, 27, Christ said, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. Someone look up James 1. Read James 1, 22 through 25. <laughs> Who invited AI? <laughs> James 1, 22 to 25. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and per perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Very good. So as God speaks to us through his word, he shines the light of his word upon us and reveals to us what his will is. And this is what I said, not only to understand and believe his word, but to obey his word. If God reveals his will to us, then we ought to be a people who are desirous to actually obey what he commands us to do. As we've, we've talked uh, about kind of the, about law, categories of law and gospel, this is where we recognize in Christ, we, we sit under the law no longer out of a slavish fear because it's a condemning force but it is something that we now delight in and obey out of a childlike love 
because God has adopted us. God has brought us into his family. We're no longer fearful of the condemnation of the law, even though we recognize that we serve a, a fearful God who is still a consuming fire, but we don't come to him under, this, under the, the fear of condemnation, but as a child who is delighting to do his will. Uh, he said, continues on, expositional listening pro- uh, protects the gospel and our lives from corruption. Uh, let's see here. Second, someone want to read Second Timothy. I wish this is, might have had a longer section here. That's no, not too bad. Second Timothy three sixteen through four four. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, by his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths okay this is a danger that this is why we want our preachers to be truly expositional preachers we want to listen expositionally because we ought to realize the deceitfulness of our own hearts that we love to have our ears itched It is nice to be able just to say, oh, that was a wonderful sermon. It made me feel so good. But that's not what we're coming to. We're not not sitting before the word of God saying, hey, I don't ever want to feel uncomfortable before the word of God. I don't ever want to feel put in my place. Sometimes we need to be. Sometimes we need to sit under the preaching of the word and feel uncomfortable. Or I say, Lord, I have been sitting in sin. And I don't want to to sit in sin. I need to hear your law to remind me of the guilt within and and point me to Christ and run to him. So we don't always want to sit under comfortable preaching and teaching. If uh, you're truly speaking expositionally too, then when someone comes to a place of discomfort, you can also say whether they view it from there or not that that word itself made himself made them uncomfortable as opposed to the spirit with which you preached the message yeah yeah it's the preaching of the word that ought to be it's the, the holy spirit doing his work through the preaching of his word to bring to light our sinfulness so that under the law we run to christ for grace um ephesians four fourteen, in this the whole passage about god uh, giving preaching preachers and teachers all of this so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by human cunning by ca- craftiness and deceitful schemes we need to be we need to be expositional listeners so that we more and more know like can like the Bereans did know what the word of God is saying 
so that when we hear someone preaching what is not truth, the little alert can go off like, wait, something's wrong there. Something's wrong in what was just said. They can always be an expositional listener. Effectively, you have to know the Word of God for yourself. Yeah. You have to be reading it daily for yourself in order to recognize when a pastor is saying something that's not um, reflective of the actual truth of the Exactly. Yeah, let's, let me, we're about to get into some kind of some practical ways to cultivate the habit of being an expositional listener. So let me go through the, the last few benefits quickly. Ex expositional listening encourages faithful pastors. This is, there's a few passages I have for this, but you can hear in the epistles, especially as Paul commends certain churches for, for listening, like he did with the Thessalonians. You received, you received our word as as it truly is, as the word of God, that warms, that obviously warmed his heart. But then you hear him address the Galatian church. Like, what have you done? It caused him great sorrow to have to write that letter. Like, why have you so quickly abandoned the gospel to run to a, a legalism? So it encourages faithful pastors Expositional listening benefits the gathered congregation. Um, I think this is, this is from the book. He writes, what, what I, the, the, uh, his name is not the easiest name to pronounce, but I, Tabidi, I, I know Tabidi, his first name. Tabidi, if, if we listen with our own interests and agendas in mind, if we develop private interpretations and idios idiosyncratic views, we risk shattering that unity, provoking disputes over doubtful matters, and weakening our corporate gospel witness. So being an expositional listener, again, going back to what Devin was saying, isn't coming and saying, hey, how is this just benefiting me? But it's listening with that corporate view. It's not just me. It's not just him. It's us. How is this building and shaping us as part of my obeying the word of God actually benefiting the congregation around me how am I um, this is part of being a healthy church member as I listen expositional expositionally to help benefit the gathered congregation okay and in the last 10 minutes we have how can we cultivate the habit of expositional listening and I just kind of run through some of these pretty quickly for the sake of time but First, read and meditate on the sermon passage heading into Sunday. And as I was writing this, I was like, I think our newsletters say what we're preaching. This is now, it just says, who's preaching? Like, ah, oh, that doesn't do us really any good. So, Michelle? I Yeah. <laughs> I have it as my staff making note for tomorrow. Hey, I want to start including the text. It's important for us as we head into Sunday for us to be able to start meditating on what, what the pastor is about to say. That's helpful for the pastor, too, because you're not, you're not hearing it you know, for the first time that week and just trying to, like, okay, I'm trying to understand. And you've already, hopefully, been thinking about it, been praying about it, been studying it. The, that's our next point. Study the passage. Hey, there's, study can go, can be quick and simple <coughs> to great depths, depending on the amount of time you have. And there's nothing that says you can't do that. 
You can study what the pastor is going to be preaching that Sunday. You, you might, maybe you can just read through it multiple times. Meditate on it. Pray about it. Maybe it's opening a study Bible and seeing what some of the study notes say. Maybe it's accessing some commentaries. You can, uh, you can get John Calvin's commentaries, Matthew Henry's commentaries, free online. There's all sorts of free resources. There's a number of things you can do to, to be uh, thinking on, meditating on the passage in advance. <clears throat> Pray and prepare your heart to hear God's word. Again, if it's, if it's just coming to hear a man, who cares? But if you're coming expecting to hear God speak to you through his word, well, pray that he would be preparing your heart, that he would help you to sit under his preaching, under his, under his word with, uh, an attentive, with attentive uh, listening. I would say uh, as far as the corporate reality is as well, pray for others regarding this. Pray for your pastors. Pray, pray for your Sunday school teachers and pastors that they would be able to clearly see what God is saying through his word so that they can deliver that to the congregation and, be, and actually preach God's word rather than their own. During the service, put away distractions. If you're surfing on Facebook during... Yeah, we all like to think that we are multitaskers, that we're wonderful multitaskers, but it's, it's a lie. We aren't multitaskers. Uh, now, that's not saying that you can't, you know, some people might find little things that they do to fidget that helps them process and hear. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the things that truly divide your mind. And this is, you know, it, it's an old example, but it's so true that we would... We would never enter into the presence of an earthly king, whether we like him or not, with disrespectful hearts and attitudes. We would, I would never, I don't, you know, I would never go before King Charles with my phone out. <laughs> What's that? Okay. But we come before the word of God hearing, again, if, if I'm hearing a man, who cares? Sir, Facebook, all you want. But if you're coming to hear the word of God preached, if you're hearing, coming to hear what your creator, what your king has to say to you, then I want to hear with eagerness and excitement. I want to hear what he has to say and clear my mind of all distractions. And you know, that's, it's not just phones, it's our minds. You know, this is, if you like me, you probably notice some, sometimes when you're praying, how quickly like the squirrel has you, you know, chasing this rabbit trail, that squirrel trail, the squirrel trail. Right, we try to clear our minds to, to hear what God is saying rather than thinking, okay, what, what am I going to do for lunch today? Or, you know, oh, the, who are the Titans playing today? Can't wait for this. Whatever. We, want to, we want as much as we can to give God our undivided attention. And... Uh, I've already said this multiple times. We want to come expecting to hear God's word. Um, afterwards, we can have discussions. We can converse with people about the sermon. This is a great thing just to do with family around, the lunch, around lunch. What did we learn today? Kids, what did you learn in your Sunday school classes? What did we learn in the sermon? Go, go over, rehearse what the sermon was about and 
those key takeaways that you, that you have as an expositional listener. We can do this, though, even throughout the week. Um, do it with friends. If your workplace allows it, do it with coworkers. We want to obey the sermon, as we've already read from James 1, be doers of the word, not hearers only. This, kind of, this goes back to what was said earlier at the beginning, how, how easy it is to hear, hear the sermon, and that afternoon you forget. That week, like what? I can't even remember what was said on Sunday. Sometimes that's the pastor's fault, and I apologize. But hopefully, if you are thinking on and meditating on the, on the word, on what, you have, on what you have heard, then it is staying fresh in your mind and in your heart throughout the week, and you can actually uh, obey it. We can listen to the sermon more than once. This is one of the joys of technology is we can you know, pull up the podcast, pull up the YouTube stream, whatever it is, and listen to the sermon again. We can ask questions about the text. The Bereans didn't hear it and think, let's play Bible roulette and open a page. Does this say anything about what was said? What about this? No, they're obviously actively listening and coming up with questions and thinking about scriptures. So we want to be, um, we want to ask questions about the text. Uh, We can study, then that can fuel our study for the week is as we have questions about it, we can say, okay, I'm going to dig into these things. Find trusted resources online. Um, one of my favorite trusted resources, Ligonier.org, because they have so much. They, I can just plug a little search thing in and find, find all sorts of great resources on most, most everything. And what I really like about Ligonier is you can find short resources that are three-minute reads that might give you a good foundation and, and longer uh, resources that can then help you dig deeper. So find find resources that you trust. Do do search. Ask your pastors and elders for guidance as you are asking these questions and wondering, okay, how I'm not fully understanding this. Ask questions of of your leadership. Listen with humility. Um, we want to. This is also from Tabidi. Mortify any tendencies toward pride the condemnation of others, and critical nitpicking. Instead, seek to meet Jesus each time you come to the Scripture. Gather from the Word fuel for all of life worship. That is, that's really our, our goal. If we come before God's Word to hear what He has to say to us, then that ought to fuel as Tabidi says, all of life worship. Where it turns, as we, as creatures, we're designed to be worship, worshiping creatures. And what's happened is, as you read about in Romans, the fall, we have, our minds have been darkened. We see the truth, but we suppress it. And we worship the creature rather than the creator. But as believers, as Christians, as those in Christ, we now can worship rightly our creator, our God, our king. So the, the hearing of the word ought to fuel for us a, a life that is full of worship. It's not just a Sunday thing. 
It is an all of life thing. Monday through Saturday and Sunday. It's an all of life thing where we want to be meditating on God's word. Um, again, the coming and anticipating hearing God speak to you through his word is a great privilege. And that's a message worth thinking about throughout the week, worth dwelling on, worth meditating on. Any, any questions or comments? Okay. Next, next week, not sure who's teaching yet. I forget. But um, next week we're looking at a healthy church member is a biblical theologian. So this definitely kind of flows out from, from this one. Okay. Danny, would you mind closing us in prayer? God, we thank you so much for how much you love us. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, come together this morning, uh, spend time uh, looking at your word, looking at what it says, uh, receiving it, and thank you for the spirit which illuminates it to us. Thank you that you've given us uh, new hearts and a desire to know you and to seek you and to trust you and to obey you. I ask that you would be with us through the service today, that you would allow our, our hearts and minds to be settled and undistracted, that you might teach us this morning, prepare our hearts for what it is that you would show us through your word. God, thank you for um, your many blessings upon us. And I just thank you again for Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.